What's up, guys? This is football running back Sam Slade, and you are listening to the State of Marauders podcast, sponsored by D1 Media Pro, the number one live stream in the state of New Jersey for high school sports. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the State of Marauders podcast, where we will cover everything about your St. Peter's Prep Marauders. This week, we will talk about the conclusion of the bowling and fencing seasons, and we're going to have a couple of very awesome special guests who will join the State of the Marauders hotline this week who, in my opinion, has some very interesting takes to share with you all, so, so stay tuned for that. Also, Rich Hansen, Preps Athletic Director, will be back for another segment of the 80s Corner as we talk about their short week for Prep Athletics, as well as a little bit of the preview for the wrestling season. But we're going to have a bigger preview next week, so stay tuned, wrestling fans, for that. It's going to be very exciting. But as always, you can find us on your listening devices, on Apple, on Spotify, on Anchor, Google Podcasts, whatever thing you like to listen to podcasts to, we're there. So be sure to search State of the Marauders or click on our social media profile, which is at SOT Marauders on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all of your exclusive Marauder content. As always, I am your host, Renato Rodriguez, along with my wonderful, excellent co-host, Chris Amaral, J-Post. Chris, how are you feeling this week? You know, we're feeling pretty good right now. Exciting time in the sports world, obviously. In general, exciting time for some marauder sports as the spring sports are kicking off in the near future. Some winter sports still going on. Some couple big wins this week, so excited to get into it. Jay, JJ, how are we feeling, my friend? How are we feeling? Yeah, it's Selection Sunday. You got to love it. And, you know, big day for you know, the college world. You know, a lot of stuff going on in terms of the some conference finals getting wrapped up. And then you got, you know, the bracket reveal. Um, and like Chris said, you know, it's a nice little transition period in which sport, you know, winter sports are on the way out. We'll review those and we'll kind of look ahead to the start of, you know, the spring season or closer to the spring season anyway. And as we mentioned last week, basketball, bowling, fencing, and ice hockey teams have finished off their seasons. Again, I want to thank basketball head coach Alex Mirabel for joining us on the State of the Marauders Hotline. And for this week's State of the Marauders Hotline, we have not one, not two, <laughs> not three, but four guests joining us this week. Unbelievable. But first, we're going to hear from the senior captain of the bowling squad, Jack Rudolph, along with Blaze Edwards, so that's your bowling, the bowling duo. We'll hear from them. And then once that interview ends, we're going to also hear from senior captains of the fencing team, David Persaud and Nate Jablonski. So let's listen in to what the fellas had to say about their respective seasons. Welcome to the State of the Marauders Hotline, sponsored by Siabra's Market, located on 1315 Galloping Hill Road in Union, New Jersey. You'll find a huge variety of products in our stores, from the freshest fruit and vegetables to the tastiest meat and fish. Visit your local Siabra's Market store today. I am here with senior captain of the Boeing team, Jack Rudolph, along with, and I'm going to quote this from Coach Hanton himself, the best bowler in the state of New Jersey, Blaze Edwards. Guys, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. And, and how, how are we all feeling today? Pretty good. Thanks for having us. I'm feeling really good, too. Thanks for having us. Mr. Hansen's quote, though, oh, man, putting hey. a lot of pressure on me, a lot of pressure. 
if we, if, we go, if we go back to the last episode, he did say that. So so go tune in last episode. <laughs> that quote is directly from him. So yeah, maybe maybe that's why we lost. <laughs> I got too much pressure on me. We'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll we, we talk about that game. We'll, we'll talk about that. So you guys were amazing throughout the season, recording five consecutive wins, all of the sweep variety, of course. Nice sum nothing. Before the county final, which Blaze just mentioned, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But how do you guys think the team has progressed throughout the season? And Jackie, go first on this one. Thank you. Honestly, I've been really, really proud of the way that you know our team has been bowling. I think that uh, we've gotten a lot better, not just like physically in the way that we've been throwing it, but also mentally in the way that we've been thinking about the game, the way that we've been adjusting. You know, I think that we should be really proud of what we've done this season and. I think that we'll continue to get better going into next year. I mean, it's just awesome seeing that we were even able to have a season this year. Everybody's showing up for all the practices and all the games. That was awesome. But, yeah, this team's really improved over the season. I mean, we kept getting better. And as you saw in our Bayonne game, we we sweep Bayonne, who we thought was going to definitely be a real tough challenge. But we were just working every practice, working on every game. Now we're here. And I, I know we don't want to talk too much about, you know, that the last game. I know you mentioned it already. So we have to bring it up, obviously. It was a heartbreaking defeat for, for our squad. But but talk to us about your thought process during this game. Well, during the last match, we knew it was definitely going to be the hardest game of the season. You know, Dickinson has some really, really talented bowlers. You know, Jared Maldonado, Colin O'Mara, just to say some quick names, you know, they're, they're, we knew that they were going to put up a fight. And I mean, going into it, you know, we were feeling pretty good. I know that we've been bowling pretty well. So, but, you know, during the match, I knew that we were making our spares. You know, we had some unfortunate splits that cost us quite some pins. Yeah, I think we definitely underestimated how loud they were going to be because they they came out their first shot and they were just screaming. We, we tried matching, but I just, I definitely could tell the team energy wasn't there like it was against Bayonne. Now that definitely didn't help us at all. But, I mean, we rallied back the second game to lose by only one pin. And then the third game we ended up winning. But they beat us so bad that first game that there was just no recovering from it. And so the, the season was shorter, right, because of all the COVID protocols and regulations. You only faced county opponents. So how was that transition as a whole for the team? Oh, rough. <laughs> definitely rough. I mean, we're used to bowling three times a week. And we're used to, like, almost three months of a season. So just only two times a week. And then also having like some, one of the games got canceled and then moved and then just practices kept getting canceled left and right. That definitely was tough. But I mean, I was just super happy that we were able to complete the season and all without, you know, no COVID. That was awesome. So. Yeah. And especially this season, you know, we only had, or well, we had a very shortened season. You know, we had to make the six games or five games that we had count. And I think we did for the most part. But, uh, you know, I think that we bowled well in those games. I think the the program really has something to look forward to next year. So, so Jack, with that county final being your final game as a bowler for the Marauders, how have you developed as a bowler? And what has the program meant to you? Oh, it's meant a lot to me, you know. I've been captain for a while now. I've been bowling for all four years. Uh, you know, it's really been like another home. 
like the atmosphere that we've created, it's not as much of a team. It's kind of like a group of friends almost. And I think that that's a part of the reason that we bowled so well this season. But uh, it was kind of emotional for me because, uh, you know, I thought I bowled well. You know, the other senior, Matt Stewart, shout out to him. He bowled very well as well. So it's like, yeah, wow, it's over already. You know, <laughs> that, real, right. that realization hit hard. And what, what, what's, the, what's the next next stage for Jack Rudolph? With just a few months, few short months away from graduation. What, what's on the horizon for you? Uh, that's a great question. You know, I'm looking forward to probably bowling in college. You know, it, it's very different compared to women's bowling. So, like, the boys only have clubs. So I'm definitely looking forward to bowling in college. I'm not sure where I'm going to go just yet. But I, I'm looking forward to it, definitely. And, and, and Blaze, you're effectively going to be the senior leader on this team next year. So so what expectations do you have on not only yourself personally, but with the team as a whole going to next year? I mean, I always set pretty high standards for myself. Like I, I was pretty disappointed with my performance this season, to be honest. It's going to be the same standard. We're going to get to that county championship again next year, and we're going to we're going to take them out next year. We're not losing next year. I mean, we have a lot to look forward to because our team, we have four rising seniors now, and we're going to have one of our juniors come back from missing this past year because of COVID. So, I mean, I'm very excited for next year. I think we're going to be a problem in the division. I think we're going to be a problem in the state, to be honest. So, Watch out. Watch out. Blaze Edwards with a statement. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, do you both have anything you'd like to share with the Marauder faithful listening out there? Well, firstly, I just wanted to, to thank you guys. You know, you guys have done an awesome job, and I've appreciated all the coverage that you've given to bowling, especially because we don't get a lot of attention normally. But my mom and I have been big fans. so Appreciate but it. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to a bunch of the bowlers. You know, Chris Kugliari had a couple of really good games. You know, he bowled really well when we, when we needed him to. You know, Raul, he's been bowling amazing all year. You know, he's been really consistent. I've been really proud to, you know, watch him and watch how his mental has grown. I think he's gotten so much better and he'll continue to get better. Senior, I'm going to mention him again, Matt Stewart. He bowled awesome, awesome, awesome this year. You know, it's because he didn't bowl for his freshman for his freshman year or sophomore year, I don't think. So it's been awesome to see how quickly he's developed and how good he's really gotten. But uh, thank you guys for having me. You know, it's, it's really nice to come on the show. Yeah, same over here. Shout out real quick to the JV guys who also showed up practicing. They were, they were going to be ready for next year. I'm just so happy, though, with the coverage that you've given to all the sports around prep. I mean, it's awesome just seeing, you know, everybody get mentioned at least once, if not multiple times during the podcast. So it's really awesome to see everybody, you know, getting a fair share of attention because obviously you think prep, you think basketball, you think football. But no, we have other sports here and we're, we're going to try and dominate in every one of them. Amen to that. Amen to that. So that was Jack Rudolph and Blaze Edwards, guys. Thank you once again for coming on this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, thank you. I'm here with the senior captains of the fencing team, David Prasard and Nate Jablonski. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. And how are we feeling today? I'm all so, right. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you for having us. So 
talk to us about this season. I, I, I know Coach Hansen was telling me it was it was hard to get opponents to face off against you guys. How how, how difficult was it during this season just waiting for someone to fence against you? Well, from a manager standpoint, it's obviously difficult, you know, having everyone train every week and not knowing if you're going to have that meet or that bout. But we're happy that we had four meets this season. We went. Uh, we have a record of three of three and one. So you know, I can't complain. They did a great job. But there's obviously that stress. You know, not knowing if you're going to have a meet that week or not because if someone's going to get sick. But you know, I can't complain with the way the season went. Yeah, we have to agree with Nate on this one. I think like this season was really good. I think going in from a competitor's perspective, it can be really lacking at points. Like if you don't have that drive to push you for the next meet, training would be really hard. I know, like, getting people to compete with the season was really hard. Um, I know, like, people just, like, having to choose one sport was, like, really hard. A lot of the guys on our team are, like, multi-sports. Overall, like, you know, it's not much you can do. Hopefully, it's going to pick up more. It was kind of a big hit when we found out that we were losing, like, the big tournaments, like Citrullo and States. You know, it actually kind of shook, like, shook me a little bit. Being on the team for two years prior to this season – you know, uh, being one of the top teams in the county, you you pull a lot of attention to you. Having only four meets compared to like our average twelve to thirteen, it's a little bit of a shook. Right. Yeah. And, and how do you guys think the team progressed overall throughout the season? I know it was only four meets, but how how do you guys think the team progressed throughout the season? I mean, personally, I don't know about Nate, but I think that we stood our ground. I think we showed that. You know, like, knowing that, like, a lot of guys aren't, like, with us right now, although we are lacking a lot of our, like, Sabre squad, especially Sabre, I think Epe and Foyle still, like, managed to prove themselves, even with them missing guys. I think the following season, like, although I won't be here at prep, I think they're going to be really strong. As long as uh, after Corona, everything should be fine with the team. There's no doubt in my mind about it. Yeah, Sabre definitely took a hit this season. But at the meets, everyone was happy to be there. We were really energetic, especially when we would end up winning. And if we fell behind and when we started to have a comeback in that meet, everyone just got behind each other. It was a really good season. And even though we were missing a lot of those key players this year, I didn't really see a change in motivation at all. If anything, they were more motivated and more dedicated to winning because they only had four meets and we knew it was a short season, so they wanted to do the best they could to end this season on a high note. And I know there's a lot of changes before the season, during the season, even after the season, in terms of the COVID-19 protocols that were put in place by the NJSIAA. So so in terms of your overall preparation, what was different for you guys this year? Oh. Definitely for from like a active competitor, whether it's like at prep or if it's like on the national ranking list, I could definitely say that like so like at the beginning of the season, we were being told that we were only allowed to train with prep's team on facilities. Being that the team was small, it's like maybe from the beginning for uh, due to COVID, like that's a hard that's a hard like training session to get like a lot of information into your system because you know like guys are usually used to go into club like five to six times a week. And then when that gets cut out, it's like, it's a hard adjustment. That's definitely my perspective on it. I know as it went through, like there were a little bit more stuff, like not shaking hands, like, you know, the minor things, like no yelling. It could be easily cardable. You know, I almost got carded like good two to three <laughs> times, uh, whether it was screaming or stuff like that. You know, the awkward handshakes and stuff, but you get used to it. We used to practice three days a week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday is a full team. 
And this year with the COVID restrictions, we divided them by weapons. So we had Saber Monday, Foil Wednesday, and Epe Friday. And lacking that atmosphere of togetherness at those practices, it just makes it a lot harder to keep that progression forward, especially if you have a meet one week and then another one the next. It, that, that was the hardest part, I think, from the player's standpoint. Just not, like David said, having that uh, schedule that you can rely on and that teamwork that you can look forward to every week. And, and since you guys are both seniors, and, and now you go first on this one, what has the program meant to you as a whole? Oh, uh, it's been a great experience. I joined my freshman year, and I stuck with it. I became manager last year and continued it this year. It's been great. You know, I get to create a very close friendship with David and Ethan, along with a couple other of the fencing members. Uh, it's been a great experience. I've created a lot of friends here, and I'm just happy that I've been able to take on a leadership role in the team and be given the chance to be with these guys for four years. Yeah, honestly, I mean, uh, the team means a lot to me. I joined in my sophomore year, actually. I got in a little late. I was there for the freshman year state championships. I joined halfway through qualifications. You know, I wasn't really there. I was kind of more of a spectator, cheerleader guy. You know, honestly, a lot of my accomplishments right now that I, like, consider under my career, like, as a whole, as a, like, as a high schooler, come underneath because of this fencing team. I think, like, Cedar Brino, Coach Williams, Jabule, Coach Hanson, they all like really pushed me to do better. Helped me get a lot of things under my belt that I could uh, use as bragging terms in a sense. <laughs> um, and honestly, like it's brought me together with my team a lot. You know, like Ethan and like all the guys. They're just a good group of guys. Nathan, uh, it's it a good ride. It's a good ride. So lastly, do you both have anything you would like to share with the Marauder faithful listening out there? Get on a team. <laughs> get on yeah. a team. It doesn't have to be the fencing team. It doesn't have to be the football team. Listen, getting on a team, build friends, break records, do you. Yeah, I've, I've got to agree with Davik. Um, when I came to prep my freshman year, I didn't know what sport I was going to be playing. And I took a chance on fencing. I thought it was cool. I tried it. And I am so happy that I made that choice. It's worked out wonderfully for me. And yeah, for anyone who is listening, go try something new, even if it's odd or you know, out of your nor uh, realm of normalcy, try it, and I'm positive you'll enjoy it. And our senior captains of the fencing team, David Persaud and Nate Jabonski. Gentlemen, thank you once again for coming on this week's episode of the podcast. Yeah, Thanks for, thank having, for us. having us. Thank you to Jack, Blaze, David, and Nate for coming on this week. We, as always, really appreciate it. And guys, let, let's talk about how the bowling team did. So everything went right for the Marauder Bowlers in the regular season, including the sweep of Bayonne. But 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 Chris, as we know, one game could derail all the hopes of the season. What how, describe to me this Marauders bowling season? What what happened? I mean, it was going into the county title game, which they would reach. I don't think they dropped a game beforehand. No, sweeps, uh, all sweeps, yeah, all sweeps. sweeps the whole way. It was a lot of confidence. It looked like it could have been a real banner year for the bowling team to pick up their first county title since 2017. And then they just fell apart. Uh, they had a brutal first set against Dickinson, who had an excellent first set. 
and it just fell apart. It's a disappointing way to end the season, but obviously they know that they have the talent there. Blaze Edwards coming back for his senior year next year, which is a huge keep. He's a former King and Queen winner, the solo bowling competition. He won that as a sophomore, so you can only assume he went there again this year. He did come up a bit short, but I mean, you can only assume that it gets better for him again next year on his senior season. They also keep Raul Cortinez, Chris Cuglieri, and Dan Silva. And I mean, at this point, obviously it hurts bad to have diverted all your attention towards making sure that Bayonne would not beat you, making sure that that was the big game on your schedule that you would pick up and then just falling apart in the, in the county final. But Next year, I think expectations can be high again that they make a run at the county title and maybe even make some noise statewide. And, and as we heard from, from, from Blaze, he, he's confident in this team. Actually, he, he even was making a statement on, on the hotline. So I, I think this team, with, with him at the top of the helm, this team's going to be ready to rock and roll next year. No question about it. I, I'm confident just as much as he is in the county levels, state levels. Hopefully, we can get sectionals and counties next year. That's the goal. Let's go. Let's go prep bowling. Come on. Let's go. All right. So, so, so Jay, talk to us about the fencing team. How did the fencing team season ended up being? Yeah, it's an interesting season for the fencing team because there weren't a lot of matchups and there wasn't much to play for in terms of, you know, usually they compete for a state title, but this year you didn't really have that because of COVID. So, you know, it was kind of a weird season to play for given that there was kind of hard to you know pinpoint an end goal per se they did end up going three and one in the year you know which is not perfect you know because the you know prep fencing they you know the goal is you know to take home that state title to be perfect because you know historically it's a program that has been one of the better ones in the state so three and one was very solid year but you know they're always looking to be that undefeated team they bring a lot of freshmen back for next year jason rowan epi was 10-2 peter brook and batu tomaruk on foil were both 12-0 and 8-0 respectively. So very strong seasons. Luke Mendoza and Alfred Cascino on Sabre, you know, were also among the players, you know, the fencers come back for the next year. So it's a very, you know, young squad, which is, you know, always a, always a, both a, a kind of a, you know, something you look to the future for. Cause you know, if you've got players that are returning, you can expect them to grow. You can expect them to gain experience and, you know, can make for a very good team come 2021, 2022. And, as Jay mentions, a lot of the classmen returning next year, the young squad, as, as Rich Hansen mentioned in the 80s corner a couple of times, you know, they've been practicing. They didn't get a lot of matchups this year. But I think once we get to more of the regular season next year, especially with some of those tournaments that David mentioned in our interview with him, I think this team should have a very, very bright future for the 2021-2022 season. So... Let's talk about what happened in this week's action for your Marauders. And we got another great swimming event. Chris, what happened in swimming? I know you like this matchup a lot, so so let's talk about it. Uh, well, another big win for the swimming team, taking out the blight of Hudson County, Kearney High School, by a score of 71-22. to 22. Just another beating. Another school record broken by Timothy Jimenez, David Slowinski. Henry Brown and Kevin Whitworth, a time of 3.11.75 in the 400 freestyle, which broke the previous school record of 3.12.10. Wow. Set, by, set in 2016 by Mike Delane, Grant Theroff, Andres Orbe, and Mark Imus. That team also won the 200 medley relay by about 20 seconds to the second place prep team, Charles McCann, Tristan Whitworth, Ethan Diaz, and Thomas Gone. 
and 40 seconds to the nearest Carney team. So great showing by them overall. Uh, Timothy Jimenez, another, I mean, it's been a great season for him so far, won the 50 freestyle competition. Uh, some of the other winners in this one were Griffin Wagner, uh, who won the 100 breast and 200 individual medley. Shimon Ramache, 100 uh, backstroke and 200 free. Uh, Ethan Diaz, Fabio Yipes, uh, Logan Gallivand, uh, and Tristan Whitworth winning the 200 freestyle relay. Frankie Precop winning the 500 free. Evan Briggs winning the 100 fly. And an interesting note there, Frankie Precop is the younger brother of current collegiate Division One swimmer, Danny Precop. Shout out to her. Went to St. Dom's. And yeah, and I think she's in Arkansas right now for some kind of swimming event. So obviously, uh, Frankie still a freshman, I believe, and he's got that, that swimming talent in the blood. So hopefully the future of the program is bright in his hands. And Mark Emmons is one of the prep assistants, so I'm 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 pretty sure he was very happy to see firsthand his record being broken by that 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 four that four team squad of Jimenez, Solinsky, Brown, and Wentworth. I mean, th- you can't say nothing else about this swimming team. But as we talk about in our matchups in a little bit, they're gonna have a very very big week ahead. So good job by swimming, and let's see what happens as we go into the next week. Jay, what happened with the indoor track team? It's been it's been interesting, kind of turn to the events for them, but what, what's going on with indoor track? Big week for the track team, actually. You know, it was the first uh, qualifying series meet for the All-Star meet. A lot of guys currently qualified now. It rules with the top 10 times in each year after the two meets would advance to the All-Star meet in the 27th. And the kind of the catch is that the only times that would be accepted were times in this particular series of qualifying meets. So, I mean, it's a very important kind of, you know, time because if you're going to, if you want to rise to the occasion and qualify, you got to do it then. Uh, needless to say, a lot of the you know prep athletes rose to the challenge. I'm gonna you know run down some times real quick. It's quite the list, so uh, we're gonna try not to speed run these. But in the free free 200 meter run, Rodolfo Sanchez finished first. First, Edwin Clanky finished second. Alex Schmiel finished third. Jack Clinton finished fourth. Richard Harrington came finished ninth in the 55 meter dash. Dash Mark Preto finished ninth. 800 meters, Edwin Clanky finished first. Jack Sipperly finished second. Rodolfo Sanchez finished third. Pat McCabe finished fourth. And Jack Lynn finished seventh. 55-meter hurdles, hurdles, Mark Preto finished fifth. In 600-meter run, Alex Schmiel finished first. Jack Sipperly finished second. Pat McCabe finished fifth. Taryn Moran finished eighth. And the shot put relay, Owen Fletcher finished first with not 39 points. Nick Chappella finished third. Mark Mason Simmons finished fifth. And Eric Perez finished seventh. So that's like the first of a series. So it's not official, but, you know, some very strong opening performances by the Marauders. And next week we'll know who officially qualifies and see if anyone else can uh, join some of the guys that look to be all but locks to make the All-Star Week. Right. And based on what I saw from the results page, only one prep athlete didn't make the top 10. So that's a very, very impressive to start off the first of two qualifying series. We'll see how they do next week. But great job by Indoor Track. Great performances by all those guys as well. So, since the schedule is always changing, always check out the Hudson County League website for any updates. And as of now, as we mentioned before, swarming big, big week in tri- on, on tap for them. They are going to take on number nine, St. Joe's Matuchin. They're ranked ahead of them, so this is going to be a big matchup on Tuesday. And then number 20 ranked Del Barton on Friday. The good news for, for me exclusively is that they're both in person at SPU, so we'll get those results ASAP. We'll have those ready for you for the next episode of the podcast. So 
Make sure you to follow the swimming page on Facebook by searching St. Peter's Prep Aquatics. Okay, they have the live streams of their meets there. But it would also be published on the SPP Athletics Twitter account. So make sure you check those out for the live stream links. But I th- I think the boys will really be tested this week. They got two top 20 matchups. If they're able to win both these matchups, watch out. State of New Jersey, baby. We're coming for you. Indoor track has their second qualify me on Saudi, as we just mentioned. And some of those athletes for Indoor track will also be at Ridge for the Ridge Day of Middle Distance. So stay tuned for those results as well. Wrestling was supposed to have two matches this week to open up their season. But as AD Rich Hansen will reveal on the AD's corner shortly. Okay, so stay tuned. It's going to be a big, big episode. That match is now postponed because of some, some COVID issues with Hoboken. So as of now, they only have one match, which is on Saturday, as they take on West Access at 11 a.m. So again, be sure to follow the SPP FX account. We're going to have the gym camera for that open and live. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully, we get that match in for, for wrestling to open up their season. But again, tough, tough way to start off as they get the first match already postponed. So we wish all the prep athletes good luck this week. And, well, that, that, that's, that's it. We're, we're finished. Thank you again for tuning into this week's episode. This is the big one now. I can't believe we've done 10 episodes already. So thank you all for your continued support out there. And quickly, guys, how, how does it feel that we are, are 10 episodes in already? How does it feel? It's feeling pretty good, honestly. We've gotten into a nice groove here covering prep sports. We've seen the highs and lows of prep athletics as we've all seen as students and all the other students have seen. So nice to be able to keep up with uh, what's going on here and being able to update alumni as much as possible and current students as much as possible about the direction of the programs that obviously mean so much to the school and this community. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's nice to, you know, get a little, as uh, someone who's an alumni myself, it's a bit hard to, you know, kind of follow along uh, with all the sports. So for my own benefit, it's just nice to get a weekly recap, whatever's going on, and, you know, weekly preview of what's going on in the future. So uh, it's helpful to me personally. And, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, it's a useful kind of tool for some of the other people who are far away and want to know how uh, the team's doing. And we're going to keep rolling. We're going to keep rocking and rolling, especially as we head towards the summer. You know, we got a big football season. I know, like, that's the main, main sport people like to listen into. So we're going to have some, 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 some quality stuff for that. So stay tuned. I'm not going to say anything. You're not going to really, but we have a good, good plan coming up for, for, the fall season, that's for sure. But we got a lot, a lot of sports to cover for them, so I'm not going to forget any, any teams out there, right? We're going to support every single prep athletic team out there. So let's go prep athletics. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Be sure to spread the word of the State of the Morales podcast, as always, by sharing our social media profile. That is at SOT Marauders to everyone you know, and I mean everyone, okay? Everyone. And continue to check those out for all of your latest updates with your Marauders. Before we bid adieu, we're going to present to you again this week's edition of the AD's Corner. Welcome to the AD's Corner, sponsored by the Tona Bene Group. They provide leadership solutions for nonprofit organizations as well as professional fundraising, executive solutions, and sales for New Jersey businesses. 
For more information, call 201-932-0100 today. That's 201-932-0100. Hello, everyone. I am Renato Rodriguez, and I'm joined once again by the current athletic director, Rich Hansen. Rich, how, how are we feeling this week? Feel really good, Renato. Great to be on with you. And, of course, there is no basketball, there's no bowling, sensing, ice hockey games to talk about. But, but we did bring on Blaze Edwards and Jack Rudolph of bowling, along with Davik Persson and Nate Jamblonsky of fencing, to talk about the bowling and fencing seasons. And we, we have talked a little bit about bowling and fencing during our segments each week. But, but what do you believe the fans out there can look forward to next season in regards to bowling and fencing? I think, you know, the, the key is that both of those teams are very young, very competitive. The, the kids and, and coaching staff did a great job this year, obviously, in a condensed season. So, you know, hopefully the experience serves them well. Um, those are two sports where, you know, you really have to take pride in your craft and work in the off season because there really isn't off season. It's just the, the next season is the high school season for those guys. So I'm sure they're going to be doing their thing all year and we'll, we'll be able to have a really competitive bowling and fencing season next winter. And in terms of this week, swimming broke another school record as they defeated Hudson County opponent Arnie 71 yep. to 22. And they yep. just keep breaking school records left and right. The, the team of Timothy Jimenez, David Sawinski, Henry Brown, Kevin Whitworth, they broke the school record set in 2016 that was in the point of freestyle relay by Mike Delane, Grant Theroff, Andres Orb, and Mark Imus. So, so what can we say about the program at this point? They just keep breaking records. Yeah, I mean, the 400 went down this week, and I know Mark Imus is probably as happy as anybody, you know, working with the uh, on the coaching staff now and being part of the the 400 that set the record. But you know what? Here, here here's the thing, I, I, and we said this before: swimming has always been, you know, one of our most consistent programs, and they just keep bringing it on. You know, they they have a chance. They're in the top ten now. They have a chance to to really do some special stuff. Like I, like I uh, said, they'll get a chance. We have Bergen coming up, and you know, hopefully, they'll be able to finish strong and and uh, usher in the uh, spring season with a with a strong finish to the winter. So those guys are just, you know, work hard at it and take it take it uh, for real. It's their passion, and, and uh, it shows every time they jump in the pool. And and they're going to face off against, I believe, number nine, St. Joe's Metuchen, and number 20, yep. Barton this week. So they're going to have two very, very big competitions this week. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they do this week. Yeah, they're going to get a chance. They're going to get a chance and, and end it up with uh, – with Bergen at the end of the thing. So, you know, it's good to get out of Hudson County for those guys uh, to test themselves. And so far, you know, Scott's plans was great. And this week, getting getting the record done was great. So now we'll see. This is this is testing on metal time and swimming. And indoor track, another great display. I know they, they, their season has been up and down, like having meets, not having meets. But they had a great display yesterday. They had their first qualifying series for the Hudson County All-Star Meet in a few weeks. A lot of those guys have done well. So, so what can you tell us about the end of track season so far? It's been, it's been rough. You know, it's, it's really hasn't been an indoor track season. It's more, it's more training for outdoor. But, you know, the guys have been training around school. They've been, they've been getting uh, in the weight room. They've been doing stuff at the field. They're, you know, Coach Caulfield and, and his staff have been finding ways to 
make sure they stay progressing. And, uh, you know, you, you never, you're never in neutral. You're either getting better or getting worse. And I think track has been getting better. So whatever is left on the table for us, I think we're going to use as a springboard to, you know, an outdoor season that, that could be very, very exciting for, for prep track fans. And, yeah, so I was talking with Coach Caulfield, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. He did mention that, that he's really looking forward to the outdoor track season. So so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Wrestling gets the start to their season this week. That's very exciting. We're going to talk with Coach Anthony Verdi next next, next week's episode for a full preview of the wrestling season. Uh, what are your expectations for the wrestlers as they're currently ranked just outside the top 20? Well, they've exceeded my over-under on when we would be shut down was 10, but our first match against Hoboken on Tuesday has been postponed because of a COVID situation with our opponents. So we're playing it cautious with that. We'll, we'll, we'll probably not make that match up and just move on. You know, and, and as we did in basketball, it's really hard to go back and try to make stuff up because you never know where people are going to be. So, right. you know, I just try to schedule as many as possible. And then when we lose one, just, just move forward and find the next state down the road. So, you know, because of COVID, we're forced to wrestle a county a county schedule, which we, we have not done in a very long time. We put together the Hudson County duels to replace dual matches. So really it would be just one day of, you know, of, of wrestling Hudson County schools. And I think we've obviously outgrown uh, that schedule. And I don't know, I, we've, I think we've run eight or nine county dual championships in a row. But, you know, for us, it's all about getting the best competition we can get to get better. And, you know, I think that it's, it's a little bit more of a challenge this year because of COVID for wrestling. But I think, you know, if we can if we can get a springboard match into the season and get rolling, we'll, we'll be able to pick up some stuff as we go. And hopefully they'll be very competitive matches and, and be able to get us ready for, you know, it's all about the regions in wrestling. So get, get competitive matches during the season, get guys better, you know, keep training in our pod, you know, doing things a little differently because we have to uh, contain ourselves with COVID. And uh, I think the wrestling staff has been, you know, really, really uh, magnificent in pulling that off. And then, you know, just uh, start fine-tuning ourselves for uh, for regions. So that's the goal for the wrestling program from my perspective. So, so stay tuned next week, everyone, for the full exclusive preview. We'll talk with Coach Brody and talk about what he expects from his team this season. Lastly, I meant to ask you this for a while now, but, but since there's been a lot of sports, swing of things, everything starts to die down a little bit, I think it's now the perfect time to ask. I know the football guys are starting their off-season regimens already for next season, but, but with your son now as the official head coach, how does it feel to be retired from coaching and you're just now focusing on your 80 role more? <laughs> I really, I have not caught, you know, had a chance to catch my breath to be honest with you. We, you know, and one of the reasons for stepping aside in football is the environment, the COVID environment has just created a very time consuming and demanding uh, situation. So as an AD, right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to balance the athletic director stuff. I, I've uh, been very, you know, we've been very busy with it, my staff and I, and uh, I really have not had a chance to uh, look back yet and say, wow, I'm really not the football coach. <laughs> football staff is, football staff is in twice a week meeting, three times a week meeting, and the kids have they've had a couple of Zoom meetings, and they're in the weight room, and they're training, they're doing all the things that I would expect them to be doing. So, you know, Rich is doing a great job, and the staff is doing a great job, and, you know, it's going to be an adjustment. I'm sure for me personally – you know, once the summer rolls around, uh, that's usually when we kick it into high gear in football. And when I'm right. not, 
going to have to be on the field four days a week, two days a week, in the weight room three days a week, and just pay attention to the AD stuff. It's it's going to – I'll probably be able to uh, feel the difference at least. And I'm, I'm sure that uh, we'll still see you around the football field during the summer. We'll see you at some point. I know that for a fact. <laughs> well, you will, and since my office is right there, you don't have a choice, right. but – <laughs> I will. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to uh, give them their space and and uh, not be looking over anybody's shoulders unless they need their shoulders to be looked over. But, but they need to grow. He needs to grow into the position, and the kids need to uh, feel comfortable with the staff. And you know, I'm sure that that will happen in time. So I'm excited for it. Though schedule is done, we we uh, I think we, we we'll be. You know, obviously we have a very competitive schedule. And I think it's going to be an exciting season of football. I'm very excited for that. So, so can't can't wait for the summer. Can't wait for the summer. Me too. Right. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait. So that was legendary head coach and current athletic director Rich Hansen. Rich, thank you once again for coming on this week's episode of the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Nato. Great job as usual. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rich, for your insights and analysis and all things Marauders as always. See you all next week, and let's go prep! Hey, this is Senior Swimming and Volleyball Captain Timothy Jimenez, and you're listening to the State of the Marauders podcast, sponsored by D1 Media Pro, the number one live stream in the state for high school sports.